0: Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions where we talk about anything and everything generally nerdy. Ah, ha, ha. And on this episode we have myself, John and Jacob. Yes, and previously in our podcast series, I think it was actually a lore council, if memory serves correctly from 20 minutes ago, <laughs> um, we teased and asked you, Shieldbearers, what makes this hobby just so special to you? And we talked about and teased that we would ask the questions, that same question to ourselves. And here we are, asking the question and yeah. talking about what makes the tabletop hobby, both Games Workshop and just tabletop as a whole, so very special to us as individuals. And we'll offer some conjecture about what we think makes it just special overall. Yeah. But again, conjecture. And we need some audience participation. here from you, mighty people. Really broad. I mean,
1: anything from 40k tabletop with miniatures to D and D to you know card games. I'm gonna use Heroes of the Multiverse, Ascended uh, sure. Rules, the Multiverse, but tabletop gaming. Yeah.
0: Generally speaking. Anything
1: you do on a table with friends, gaming.
0: Yes, because as I've noticed in my years in the tabletop community, we are an interesting breed of fandom here. It's because it's a little bit different in my to my mind, to my eye, than other fandoms you might come across. Like different like I mean it's hard to say this from the outside not being into the other fandoms but there's just something a little bit different yes there's car conventions and all that sort of thing whatever but there's just something that just seems uniquely different about the tabletop community as a whole compared to other fandoms and interests and hobbies
1: and as someone who's in other fandoms and is in other hobbies
0: it is pretty unique it is extremely because there's just so many different facets because of the other hobbies and fandoms not to take away from those those are Everyone's got their hobby, everyone loves it in their own way, but they're just something definitely unique in just the broad range and depth of the tabletop hobby community as a whole, to where I will even go so bold to say this is the most diverse and wide-ranging fandom in the world. Yeah. Channeling my best Clarks in there.
1: <laughs> no matter where you are in the world, there will be tabletop nerds.
0: Yeah, and that's been one of the coolest things, just pulling back the curtain a little bit, tracking the download numbers of the podcast, seeing where people are listening to us from. It is literally a global thing. Yes, most of our listenership comes from the United States. But we've got people in Europe, in Great Britain, in, uh, Austria, Germany. Um, I mean, Great Britain being the obvious the, birth of, like, 40K. Right, of just the Games Workshop hobby. And then, you know, literally on the other side of the globe, In Australia. Mm -hmm. Hey, Patrick. We got people... We we even got a couple... I know we have at least one... We had one or two downloads from the Middle East. Yeah. Tabletop Hobby, even over there... If you're listening, hi, Krieg. (laughs) um, In Asia, it's literally a global thing. And that's not to say that other fandoms aren't. But this seems like such a niche thing, but it still spreads so wide throughout the world. Yeah. And, I mean, even looking
1: at, like, history... You know, every part of the world has had tabletop games for as long as there's been games,
0: to some extent. Yeah, yeah. like you know, there's been you have chess, the Roman or, Empire or with Redis- like the
1: dice tower for right rolling dice. And then you've you got have
0: chess slash yeah. to, to Scandinavia. You've got Neftafel, mm-hmm. the Viking version of chess. There's always been some sort of tabletop game throughout history in all the different parts of the world. But I will say that what makes the tabletop gaming so special, just generally speaking, before we get into what makes it special to us, is the community of um. For lack of a better word, vendors and merchants that provide the wares, you know, from be additional bits for tabletop miniatures to car, uh, games. car games or even people who add just additional things like, uh, like, you go ordinary, yeah. web stuff like that. Or the Airbrush dancing, you know, Fallout hobbies. Um, th- what strikes me as very interesting throughout all of that is you look at, say, uh, people really into cars, all the car companies are competitors. Yeah. But I heard this from Ron from Fallout Hobbies himself. The first at our first Adepticon. This is off mic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but also for other various reasons, I'm not going to go into. But he said that you know, being at Adepticon, it just feels like everyone's in it together. No one's competing with each other. You know, not in a way that you know they, they want to put other people out of business. You know, they're competing to just do to excel and do better, not to I can sell take, the most fun stuff. Not to take business yeah. away from other people, but just to see what they can each come up with that's new each convention. They're all in it together. It's all one big family that's interconnected. Yeah. They all, they're all, they all in it for the same reason, the love of the hobby. Everyone's in it to have fun. Right. And, you know, some might say, oh, you know, people... I'm going back to cars for an example because, you know, it's, it's, I think it's one of the biggest fandoms and hobbies throughout the world, automotive aficionados. Yeah. Or sports. Or sports, whatever. But it's all... It's it's comp- competitive. It's competitive. And that's not to say that's wrong. Yeah. It's just that's the different, that's the different nature. It's a different dynamic. Whereas tabletop as a whole... Everyone's in to get all the vendors and third party merchants and everything like that. It's all everyone's in it together to support each other for, for the love of the hobby. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it very interesting, unique, and special. As a fandom and hobby just generally speaking. And
1: and overall, like no matter who you meet and this is generally speaking, of course, you're gonna meet pretty nice while like just nice people, like all over the place. Yeah, and there's you that know, you know, there's
0: that kind of um stereotype that, you know, Tabletop nerds are, you know, the weird, socially maladjusted people. And introverted and... And that's not to say, we are, you know, no, tabletop yeah. nerds aren't introverted. We mm-hmm. are, as just said, people. But when in the company of other like-minded individuals, those introverts come out of their shell a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's kind of the socially awkward ones here and there, but it's a little less... there's a lot more patience because there's, there's a sense of belonging and community overall. And yes, everyone's got their disagreements or whatever. It's the same with any sort of community. Whatever. You all have that guy at the
1: shop or, yeah. Sure. But,
0: but like, overall, like, it's a little bit more accepting for it's a bit it's a much more of a community yeah rather than just a fan base and i think that's kind of unique too it. Yeah. i mean that's it's... not to say that others aren't like that it's just i'd call it like a safety net of
1: interests like right. everyone is pretty like whether or not you're a history nerd or you know you're nerdy about like lore stuff you can all kind of get together and be like Let's talk about and should be this. excited about. Yeah,
0: it. yeah. And again, going back, you mean? Look, we have met some of the nicest fucking people doing our interview features. Oh yeah. Uh, first, at all of those interviews they were absolutely fantastic. Some of the nicest people. And then round two this year, this past year at 2018, again nicest some of, like the nicest people that we've ever had the pleasure to interview. Even, I remember this like when we were
1: going around talking to people asking for interviews. There were some people who were like, "Oh, we're not we're not going to get this interview," and. We were very pleasantly surprised to be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to do an interview. Just,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, unfortunately, are... some of it didn't work out. Yeah. The scheduling conflicts, but they were more than happy to. They're more like, like, yeah, you know, like this work, this time works for us. And she's like, damn. We'll plan an advance next, better, more advanced next time. But they were totally on board for it. And some of them were genuinely chuffed about it. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I feel so bad. I'm blanking on a thing, but it's been a long day of recording. The guy from Stiff Neck Studios. Um, you actually weren't there for that. No, I wasn't. That was after. That was the one after you left. He shows up to our uh, little recording station at Adepticon, and he's just like, he's like, this is such a cool setup. Can I take a picture of you? Like, do you mind if I take a picture? I was like, yeah, man, go ahead. Like, he was just super thrilled. Like, like, it was so cool. He was such a nice guy, and I yeah. feel so bad. I don't remember his name, but I was operating on, like, three hours of sleep at that <laughs> point, and I'm currently operating on less. <laughs> But everyone we've interviewed at Adepticon has been such genuinely nice people. Everyone we've just interacted with at Adepticon, even, you know, not even on Interview Future, genuinely nice people. Everyone in the fandom, just generally speaking, just interacting. they Instagram, super nice people. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, we didn't think we'd get interviews just, you know, just out of, like, oh, there's no way this will happen, whatever. But I'm going to make another shout-out yeah. to Thousand Faces Cosplay. Cause I was just, cause I gave them a shout out to the one podcast a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago and told them like, Hey, you know, just heads up. I kind of fangirled over Ethan. A little, Space wolf cosplay a little bit. And they're like, yeah, we gave it a listen to it. And it's genuinely awesome. That was very sweet. I'm just like, senpai's noticed. <laughs> and not to, you know, jump the gun a little bit, but we may or may not be, have the opportunity to actually sit down with them. Yeah. in person. they might be, they might actually be our next interview feature. I really hope so. Yeah. That would be fucking amazing. It'd be fucking awesome. Um, but we don't know for sure because it's a matter of scheduling. We'd oh, be on yeah. we be on site at uh, an upcoming convention. I don't want to say what in case of whatever. Yeah, um, we're also—it's a tentative thing because it's a matter of scheduling. We yeah. don't know availability. Or whatever. I will so try I to don't, I don't be hype up. up too much and then disappoint people.
1: I will try to be up at normal person hours. Right. <laughs> that is, that is hard, but I will try.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. I'll be there anyway. That's what I personally think that makes the tabletop community special, just as a whole. Is that yeah. it's one big community. And that people, when you make those connections, it's it's genuine connection. Yeah, like like Richard You could Beagle be Ordinary. From... I chat with him on like a somewhat regular basis. He's super chill, and that's the thing is that everyone, you know, these you mm-hmm. think these kind of kind of the closest that I was got to celebrity statuses outside of Games Workshop at least the Games Workshop um coachery people, you'd think that'd be kind of hard to approach or whatever, you know. But no, they're the nicest, most down to earth awesome people ever that you can just come up and have a conversation with that's what made fucking austin fangirling out over um you going right at their booth Where i'm just looking at i was like if only you knew how genuinely approachable these people are and then i i get to talk to them regularly <laughs> you'd fucking hate me and you'd yell at me even more than you already do but it was like I'm looking at me. She's like, "You guys are super awesome," and I, mean, I just want to say, "You guys, what you do is super cool." And like a huge fan, then you're just like fucking fan going over. I'm just like I have never seen the side of this side of this particular man ever. <laughs> what the hell is happening? What did you turn him of, into? What kind of bizarro universe have I fallen into where Austin is just like super like <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> and.
1: I for me it's like people come from all different walks of life. Yeah. Like, and you can even see this. Like you were telling me, um, there's several actors who visit the LA Games
0: Workshop. Yeah. And and they come and play with their uh, fans. That we've that we've heard at least yeah. from just from people either on location or just you know, kind of rumoring grapevine. Like, allegedly, because I don't want to yeah say one way or the other and get hosed legally or whatever. But I've heard that allegedly, Gary Oldman goes to the Games Workshop in LA and insists that everyone just calls him Gary. And he plays Wood Elves. Yeah. That sounds awesome! And, and there's the rumor that Vin Diesel's got a huge-ass space marine army. Again, rumor, because I've never heard it confirmed one way or the other, but given that Vin Diesel is a huge D&D fan, huge D&D nerd, I wouldn't doubt it. And I'd be totally, and that, like, I just want, like, I wanna know. He's holding out on, you know, announcing
1: his space marine army until they let him play a space marine. Right. And he would make such a good Space Marine, Oh, too. my God.
0: Fucking Ven he's got, He's got the shaved head for the Space Marine Sergeant already. Yeah. All you gotta do is put some of the prosthetic um, service studs that the Space Marine Sergeant's got. Oh, yeah. Stuff the man in some power armor, and boom. Put him with the rock. The rock's about as tall as
1: the Space Marine, actually. Yeah.
0: Like, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Oh, and then you need
1: the mountain for a Space Wolf. Yes. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm totally okay with this. Gabe's Workshop, Please. you are more than free to Please. take my actor suggestions and make a, and make a movie. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, all I ask is you do it well. Just have Black we're Library direct about, it.
0: We're, we're, we're not going to talk about the Ultraman movie. What movie? Right. That's the spirit. <laughs> but no matter no, who you are, you can love
1: tabletop All walks of life. Seriously. All because walks of life. And, I don't know, this is just my gripe, and this is not to say anything bad about sports. And, you know, I'll watch sports, I'll watch the Super Bowl, but that's pretty much it. Like, everyone watches the Super Bowl because I want to see the commercials, Jacob. Yeah. But, I mean, with sports, like, it's generally a lot of your crowd's going to be a little bit more athletic, whether they are previously athletic or... But for tabletop games, it doesn't matter what shape you're in, what, you know, where you've come from, it's... It's all about sitting down at a table and having fun with games. Yeah. And I've I've never been a tournament player
0: myself. Me I neither. I'm not a huge competition person. I played in a tournament once, maybe twice in my life. It was just a local shop tournament. I fucking hated it. Yeah. It's not to say the tournaments are bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not my it's just not my hobby. Yeah. Like I understand the appeal of it, the competitive side of it. I do. I genuinely do. Yeah. It's just not for me. I I wasn't into it. I I played
1: uh, competitive chess in high school for a bit, uh. and oh my god, it was just, yeah, like pulling fucking teeth. Yeah, it's like I I play chess because it's fun, mm-hmm. and I mean, on on a slight on a slight tangent because we're welcome to Shieldwall fucker. I have to get it. Um, every fucking time with this. <laughs> <laughs> what are the reasons I got onto the chess team? Is because I got psychological. I wasn't the greatest at chess. Well, you are a monster. But they uh, they got me onto the chess team. And, uh, like, I was, like, seventh seat, but we lost someone. So I got moved up to, like, third seat or something. (laughs) And I didn't win, but the other chess coaches came up to my chess coach and said, my player said if he had to play against Jacob again, he was going to
0: forfeit the match. Because... (laughs) What did you do, you monster? What did you do to these poor nerds? I-I would just sit there- HAVEN'T THEY SUFFERED ENOUGH?!
1: I-I'd be very friendly. Like, a lot of these people, they wouldn't want to talk- Monsters always are, Jacob. And I'd be like, I'd sit there, and they're gonna make a good move, and I saw that I'm like, oh shit, I'm like- Satan in TVs and movies is always very friendly, Jacob. (laughs) I was like, sure you want to do that. And then they'd sit back. Uh And like, think what I had planned. Paralysis by analysis. And then like they do something else, and I'm like, I'm so happy you didn't do that because I would have been fucked. And just,
0: mm-hmm. and it was just yes, you suck at chess, but you're great at getting in <laughs> people's heads. Color me fucking surprised. It was it was a lot of fun to do. Mm. I don't want to play you in tabletop
1: anymore now. Or instead of calling uh, you know a rook a rook or like a knight a knight, I'm gonna move the horsey over here. You <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, I know you're a bastard, but there are rules. I'd, I'd be like, and this one makes an owl, right? Animal, have you have some decorum? Uh, it was that's that was the only the only chess tournament I was allowed in. I did several at my school, which I actually did surprisingly well in, but because
0: you just bamboozled your opponents by making them completely, second oh, yeah. completely good moves that would otherwise have won the game, but they're just like, oh, interesting, just
1: well, well uh, um. I I remember my chess instructor's like, what the fuck did you do to those players? And I'm like, I was just getting psychological, and he's like, good, keep it up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're probably not going to win today, but we're going to make them bleed. (laughs) But, you know, coming from a competitive sense, like, I just enjoy, genuinely enjoy playing the game.
0: Yeah. That's why... No, it's actually on the note of, I'm not going to win today, but boy, they're going to pay in blood. Mm -hmm. Because the... 80 to 90% of my tabletop games have been played against Nathan. <laughs> he taught me how, like, you know, finally someone actually said that was patient enough to, you know, teach me the rules and whatever, just to the point, you know, because I, I knew s- sort of the rules, not very well, because they kept changing on me every time I started to learn them. <laughs> well, finally, happened that you know, I just sat down and had someone I like, could play regularly, like, genuinely yeah. like, a couple of times a week. Like, we practically lived at the games, which I'm probably surprised we didn't, well, I'm not actually surprised we didn't pitch a tent in the back because I hate camping. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think the managers ever would be okay with that. They'd be like, go home! Anyway, 89% of my games played against him, but I'm learning the rules. I'm doing the best I can, mm-hmm. applying tactics the best I can, but I'm still understanding it's a dice game, and I'm still learning my army a little bit, and the rules like and like that. So, like, I'm not winning. I, I haven't won most of my games against Nathan, but there came a point, a turning point, where it's like, I'm winning more often. Mm-hmm. And when I'm losing, boy, it's a pure victory for that man. (laughs) Like it's next to just making them fucking bleed. Yeah. To the point where there was a um, a forty k league at the shop. That we did you and I met at. Yeah. One of the games I played. Was it was a kind of sort of league whatever we borrowed an idea from Battlefield where you take someone's dog tags oh yeah um, so we challenge. it was called dog tag matches so we challenge each other for a dog tag and you win you get to keep the person's dog tag as a trophy for the month whatever I challenged this one guy I even could bring whatever armor you want as long as it's you know 40k you, you, I asked the guy is like, it okay if I bring a legion he's like yeah sure why not I had precisely one thing that was anti-vehicle and it died turn two that was sorry ranged anti-vehicle and when I say ranged I mean it was 200 killer missiles two Everything else was close for... It was melee range. Anti-vehicle. Um, it, <laughs> I ended the game with one model left. But because we were the, the game type we were playing... We were playing objectives. We were playing just kill points. Mm-hmm. Attrition. I didn't have as many units as he did. And I made him bleed. <laughs> I had one model left on turn five. Or here's, you know, on turn six, mm-hmm. you know, roll a d6, and on a six, it goes to turn seven. Roll d6. And I was being a little cocky at that point, because I knew one, I was either about to, he was either going to go to, it was probably not going go to go turn five, because I don't roll sixes that often. <laughs> I didn't even look at it, I was like, tie game. He's like, what? And I looked, and finally looked down. It was a one. Game's over. Mm-hmm. Tie game. He's like, what? Because I made him bleed. Sure, he killed me almost to a man. Actually, to a literal one man. Mm -hmm. I have one guy left. Tie game. What? I was like, how many of your units did I kill? He's like, no, this many. He's like, cool. Now look how many of of my units you killed. Tie game. He's like, oh, we go to the manager. He's like, so is the tie game. How do we do the dog tag? He's like, I'm not sure I'm okay with there being a draw in a dog tag match. So I'm going to have you both argue your cases on who won. And I was like, well, I had one range anti vehicle unit that died turn two and actually didn't get the fire 100 killer missiles. And I fought him to a draw with a single model left. I claim moral victory, if nothing else. Because he outnumbered me both in personnel, playing mm-hmm. guard, and vehicles. I had one Dreadnought. Sorry, one Dreadnought and maybe two Rhinos that had heavy bolters. Mm-hmm. Okay. He outnumbered me both in personnel and vehicles. And, and firepower. I still, and raw firepower. Draw yeah. shots per unit. And I... Fought him down to a man to a draw. He could not kill my army completely in six whole turns. And he's like, well, I killed, but I killed most of his army. Like, you know, I killed him down to a literal man. Like, I, you know, do my best. I was like, yeah. But you you were the Soviets invading Finland, and outnumbered me. And I, you, I still, you still couldn't defeat me. You still couldn't kill that one guy, that one last guy. It wasn't even anyone important. It was just a random spud, just one random legionary. Couldn't even kill him. I claim victory. And manager's like, yeah, I'm giving it to you. And it's like, BOOM! <laughs> Made you pay in blood, fought you through a draw, and got the victory in here, Give me your tag. <laughs> there
1: was one man left. to carry the tags.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, okay, so that segues into what makes the fucking hobby special. Those moments, those tabletop moments, at least. Yeah. Just the tabletop aspect. Those moments where you're just like, that should not have fucking worked, neither on paper nor in practice. And there it has worked. And it's fucking fun, because it wasn't even yeah. like a hyper-competitive, like, you know, comp- you know, dog tags were on whatever. But, like, you, even if that wasn't, even if that was just a normal game, that would have been fucking amazing. Full six turns at 2,000 points. Might have been 2,500. 2, Damn. That's a big game. Yeah. That's a lot of guard. That's a lot of Legion. But it's a lot more guard. I still had one dude left. <laughs> fucking What? and it's
1: overall like you have those moments that you just have stories about and oh yeah i mean it's the same with me in video games it's like after you get done
0: like you sit there tell and someone. you're like i need to tell someone That's i need fucking to tell someone i need to tell a real person. And my poor girlfriend nora she'll be i'll be playing all night while she's sleeping and then she wakes up she is literally waking up and you're like guess what happened to this thing she's like oh my fucking god i'm i've been awake for 5 minutes <laughs> But no matter when I play, I always have those
1: stories, like even more so than video games. Mm Because I can be on fucking matches all night and be like, oh, nothing really happened. Right. But, you know, whenever you play, you you always feel like that one special thing
0: Uh, has happened. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And everyone's got that one unit or that one model in their army when they play that just fucking nails it. They become genuinely attached to. I've got a couple. I, I literally, so when I... Except for maybe you,
1: Mr. War of Attrition man. When I left the hobby for a little bit. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I left for a while, I had one great game before I left. Yeah. And it was actually last the game I last played before, you know, coming back. I, I kind of came in with a competitive mindset uh-huh. and just wasn't having fun. Yeah. Like, every game I was playing, I was like, oh, God, this, I'm, I'm sucking. Mm. Except the last game I played... I honestly forget his name. I think it was, like, Damien or something. Uh, But we we played an attrition game. uh, Tyranids versus Imperial Guard. Mm -hmm. Where, at the end of the game, we just count how many points we have killed. Mm -hmm. Whoever killed more wins. Yes. And... Honestly, you couldn't keep track of it. It was just something you had to do at the end. Yep. It was so like tooth and nail, and it was so much fun. We were joking back and forth the entire time. It was the first time I had had fun for a while. Mm-hmm. And when we get when we got done, like we didn't even count the points at first because we're like, oh my fucking god, it was a fucking grind,
0: right? <laughs> because he had those are big armies.
1: Fuck ton. That was a big army. Everything, yeah. And I was just running my guard, and I had those uh, quad mortar shredders. No. <laughs> and yep. that's that's where I became genuinely super attached to the, my one unit mm. that I capped on going on with your thing. But yep. like it was it was fun. So the unit I capped when I sold everything else, I didn't have the heart to sell my commissar cat girl and. <laughs> my gu- her guardsmen with pink las guns. Uh, They're the ones who shot down a flying hive tyrant with sixes to hit, sixes to wound. What? Yeah. I bet that dude was mad. He he just laughed. He's like, "I can't I have no do doubt that. that your dice are weighted because, you know, That's you've been rolling weapon. like sh- like a lot of your shit is just dying and you're like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, there's no way those dice are weighted. You earned that but, kill. Yeah, Holy fuck. Like, that was one of the few units that didn't die, too. Like, yeah. those guardsmen, like, no matter what match I have them in, they, they live. live. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll throw them out on the front lines. Yeah. So, like, when I went to college, that's the only models I brought with me. And, you know, and I think that's why I never quite kicked uh, the addiction to plastic mm-hmm. crack. Because
0: you're just looking at it just like, I remember their glorious moments. Because
1: people would come into my dorm room and they'd be like, what's that? And I'm like, sit down and let me tell you a fucking story. <laughs> But I came back, and I wanted to get into it again. So I got in when I got back into it, that's why I did the guard with the square bases and stuff. In ordered regiments. I decided... Maximum attrition. Ca- I am never caring again whether or not I lose or win a match. I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm.
0: And what... What someone the best- asked you, like, well, what happened... Because, you know, first, because you put them on square bases and movement trays, so mm-hmm. blast tempos when they are a thing, yeah. would decimate your forces. Oh, yeah. And then someone's like, well, what happens if... Someone casts the psychic power that makes your weapons get hot. First rank fire, second rank fire. To double their firepower. Yeah. <laughs> what I, if I, okay, I'll just shoot more. Yeah. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> and it was, it was genuinely, a, it's it, it still is genuinely
1: a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. And then when 8th Ed came out, I'm like, wow, this is slightly viable. <laughs> mm. What? Because <laughs> it won't, die uh, quite fast. Because Blast Temples went away. So, what do I do? I run them as conscripts now. There you go. Got to keep those casualties up. And yeah. <laughs> in the first game of eighth that I played, we were playing in a tournament. And I don't know, it's been a long time since I played. So, I was getting a little competitive. Uh. And then, you know, Nate was helping out the other side. And there were some kids. And I was like, you know, we're doing one thing. And Nate's like, oh, move here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but that's going to kill our units. And I'm like, I'm thinking of this in my head. I'm like, wait a minute.
0: I don't, I don't care. care.
1: <laughs> this this is a fur fun tournament on um, you know, what's gonna make who's, whose whose days are gonna make more? Is it gonna make my day better that, you know, I beat a couple kids? Or is it gonna make it more fun for them that they, they get to say they won in the tournament? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Charge I'll fix bayonets. So tell me how that's and after like that decision, I'm like, I know why I continue to play this. Because I wanna have fun uh-huh. and it's the story. Yep. So, you know, when my Cyclops in next game killed more of <laughs> units than the enemy had killed up to that point, mm. I was having a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. When we actually won that match, I sat back and I was like, I was doing suicide charges left and right. And it worked. And it
0: worked. Because mm-hmm. no one expects you to do dumb shit. And when you do, they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And so speaking of dumb shit, again, these little stories, but I don't know if I've ever told this one on a podcast. Um I did dabble in Chaos Space Marines at one point. Mm-hmm. Heresy. Yes. Um, but I mostly wanted to prove that I could play Nathan's game right back at him with the conscript spam. Or not the conscript, the cultist spam. I ran two clouds of 35 cultists. They only took a couple of casualties going across the board. To the point where I claimed all six objective markers on the board. Five with two units. I daisy-chained those two units of, of cultists from one objective to the next to the next. To five different objectives because I'd just been picking apart the rest of zombie on the other flank along the way. Uh, only time I was probably ever going to get away with that, just because of the nature of how the game played out. It was so fucking dumb. Yeah. There's just this like zigzagging line across the board. Across a full 6 by 4 board. Daisy chain of cultists between objectives. Uh... To the point where the manager at times like, I gotta take a picture of this for donkulous crap <laughs> took a picture of his like look what happened in the shop today and then you know people are like that's hilarious and then someone of course chimes in well on page this of the rule book on page this paragraph this and this and of this and it says that a unit can only can, can only hold one objective right at a time it's like okay cool then i hold three objectives two for each one for each unit in a cultist, and then one in my own objective where my havocs are sitting on i still win because nathan's got nothing shut up and look at the stupid have fun right like just do dumb shit and it's fun yeah. was not to say that I don't understand the competitive matter. I do. Because one of the tournaments I played in, um, I was just planning to work on stuff at the shop that day, but one of the people dropped out. It didn't show up, whatever. So I needed someone to fill in. Otherwise, someone's going to sit out. And I was like, all right, I'll join. I can whip up a 1850-point list real quick. Um, I've only got my Legion book with me. Is that okay? Um, and the manager asked everyone the tournament. Like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Like, and I was like, like it's not gonna be a very competitive list, and it really fucking <laughs> wasn't. Like I just went for pure fluff on that, but I was just doing well at the time. Ghost division, highly mechanized, <laughs> highly mobile. So I did two rhinos, um, uh, sorry, three rhinos and uh, two drop pods. Mm-hmm. Highly mobile. Those drop pods died real fucking because <laughs> I was fighting uh Necrons. Yeah. A rhino on the other hand, I blitzed him up. The squad inside died t- taking the objective that the marker was attached to, but that rhino lived till the end of the game. Because it was a dedicated transport it counted as a troops choice, it counted as objective secured. Yeah. Against the unit of elites that was, of elite necrons that was holding the objective. I was like, tie Game. He's like, What? <laughs> I was like, I'm holding the objective. He's it like, it's right. I was like, yeah. Dedicated transport for a troop choice. It means it counts as a troop choice. I contest that objective, and the one at my home <laughs> shot, and this one over here. Victory. Tie game. He's like, Let's can we look at the rule here? <laughs> Nathan walks over, he's just like, What's good? And I was like, Hey Nathan, come here. he's like, like, what? I was like, something don't happen. He's like, oh boy. <laughs> Comes over and I was like, Thai game. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. So I got that one and that one. And that one, I pointed to the He's like, Ryan. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, no, in the rule book. He's like, yeah, And the rule book, a dedicated transport attached to a troops unit adopts their, their unit designation. It's a troops choice. He claims that objective. I, and, I, and he was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I got slaughtered to a man the next game. Like, <laughs> They were having none of that. Like, (laughs) Again, it wasn't a tournament list, but it was fucking funny. Yeah. Because I I got slower tournament the game after, but both times I still managed to get a Fury of the Legion attack off my tactical squads, which they fire twice the number of shots they normally would. (laughs) So at long range, they're firing two shots. In rapid fire range, they're firing four shots apiece. Have fun. Yeah. That was a 20-man cloud sitting at one of them. And they got close enough to rapid fire. I'm just like, and... Shred. (laughs) Ow.
1: And I also love it if – I, I, I always, when I always play, like, fun games, like, generally that's what I play. I like apocalypse games because they're stupid and fun, <laughs> and the rules tend to go lax when, holy fuck, this is going to take forever if we resolve it this way. Right. Let's just have fun. Right. And, you know, fun games. So, like, some of my best memories are, like, you know what? Can I do this? It's cool, but it's stupid, but it'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember – after my, I I was down to like my last two soldiers in an apocalypse game. Mm-hmm. It was against an invisible titan, Ugh. and I had a commissar a and a soldier. And I was like, I want to charge the titan. Why? They have crack grenades, so you can hurt it on maybe a six. Uh. Uh-huh. no, I I want the I want the commissar to run up, climb on the titan, and throw a grenade in a, in a fucking crack. Mm-hmm. It's fucking retarded. But if you make like, twenty i I'll let you do it. <clears throat> Runs up. Uh, well, first, I roll leadership. And uh, guardsman decides, I just watched an entire army die. I'm not doing this. Commissar sh- shoots him and continues to run up, gets stepped on by a titan. But... Doesn't even make the first roll. Right. Second one is, like, when I was, I was playing against Nate's Tau. <clears throat> and I just needed one more victory point. <clears throat> so I decided to have my guardsman jump off the roof to try bayonet charge on the way down. <clears throat> To a squad. yeah. Nate's like, I'll let you do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do anything, but it was fun. Uh, speaking of Nathan's Tao, um, if listeners go back into our Instagram, they will see a picture of a Razorback with twin to salt cannons and a uh, Commander in the front pulpit with a chainsword. I made it to drive me closer. I want to hit them with my sword Razorback. It <laughs> made his debut against Nate's Tau. And ran the... Uh, I'm... Riptide? Yeah. Ran that thing the fuck over. Because I was like, I'm going to ram that. I was like, okay, I'm going to um, stomp you in my death or glory. like, Cool. And he rolled one. <laughs> <laughs> ran the thing the fuck over and killed it. My 95 point Razorback <laughs> ran a Riptide over. Oh... Uh... Another game later, I'm playing against his demon kin. Mm-hmm. I go to run a bloodthirster over or a demon prince over. He's like, there's no way it'll happen. <laughs> and i comes like, I'm gonna ram that. He's like, I'm getting out of the way. <laughs> He's not letting it happen a
1: third time. Funny enough, don't fight Nate's Tau in close combat because they, sh- they
0: absolutely suck at shooting,
1: but they will win in close combat.
0: Maybe against you. Yeah, I mean, I fought them in close combat. We both just kept fucking whiffing. I had a stern guard veteran sergeant against his fire blade. The stern guard veteran had melt bombs. The rest of the quad had gibbed the squad that the fire blade was attached to. But the sergeant declared a challenge that the fire blade was not one to decline because it's Nathan. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and she's like, like, he goes first, you know, have someone's like, I'm going to use a melt bomb. It's like, it's like an, it, that's an empty vehicle. So we am going to use it anyway. I'll strike an initiative one. You can strike first. I'm like, okay. <laughs> whiff. All right, melt bomb. And I whiffed. They went back and forth for both of our close combat phases for like three turns. So by that point, there was like uh, six Melta bombs at the sergeant's feet. I was like, "Hey, Nathan." I was like, "What?" I'm like, "If this one hits, we're gonna send her a large blast over the over the uh veteran sergeant, and anything in there hits, he's getting hit, he's getting hit with melted strength." He's like, "Yes, yes, it is Cause absolutely because there's, there's a pile of melta bombs there." Because I'm just sitting there, just like sitting there to the fire blade. Here, hold this. No, here, hold this. No. Six of them later, and it finally goes off, and it takes most of my squad with it. But I killed the shit out of that fire blade. <laughs> uh, but it's these little stories yeah. that make the tabletop aspect so special and we just did yeah. Lord council about what makes that so fucking special and compelling and we've done many different Lord councils we're just like it's, it, it's so fun to read about cause it is yep. like I it's absolutely it's it's such a big universe both in 40k and fantasy is a little bit smaller but it's still big and still mm-hmm. there's a lot to it I love both of them equally and just on the general ha 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 Nerdy topic overall, I just like big lived in feeling wasn't just big fleshed out. One. Oh, I, was yeah. like, I got into a Tolkien me, me and it just did the Tolkien pod, the long overdue Tolkien podcast, um, a little bit ago. And we went for almost fucking 80 minutes on that one. And that was part one of two, undetermined number. Because mm-hmm. I can go on and on and on and on and on about Tolkien because that's how I, I got how this is how that's that is how this whole mess got started. It'll always hold a very special place in my heart. Yeah? I still get weepy at the end of both Return of the King and Battle of Five Armies. When when lore... When books... I'm not even joking yeah. about that, too. Like, mean, my like girlfriend just watched Battle of Five Armies last weekend. It's coming to the end of the film. just like... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> like, I'm getting genuinely weepy, and I do the same thing at the end of Return of the King. though, Albeit a bit more often than the end of Battle of Five Armies, because there's just so many more moments where it's like... Shut up! I'm not crying, you're crying. And don't you just love
1: it when a completely fictional universe can make that happen? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Like to be honest, I've probably cried more reading books than I have watching movies.
0: Clearly, enough, I've never like openly wept over a book. I've gotten a little sniffly. Well, no, like sniffly, like Yeah. Like teary Oh no, eye. I cry like a fucking baby over <laughs> Tolkien every fucking time. And I will admit that on my because I'm a man. I'm not afraid to admit it. Fight me. Yeah. I'll, I'll cry the entire time.
1: <laughs> I'm so angry.
0: I'll cry the entire time will be super awkward and weird, and you just you want it to end. Yeah. And I'll claim a victory.
1: Uh, on the topic of stupid things, the one thing about my go guards, on. My my guardsmen. They're terrible about rolling to hit things, but they survive. Mm-hmm. Literally, when me and orcs were fighting, the orcs were hitting more than my guardsmen, but my guardsmen were surviving more than
0: the orcs. With yeah. no, I can relate to this in the spiritual because I had before eighth edition this one space wolf unit. It was a greyhound unit, the one that could take the one in the entire army that could take a wolf banner because you could only take one wolf standard per army. You give them plus one attack or something like that on the charge. Or units within a certain radius, whatever. So shit like that. Started as a 10-man. The first five would die real fucking mm-hmm. quick. Either to shooting or in close combat. If they had a close combat with a full 10, it'd be the full 10 for one of Nathan's melee phases. Then you'd get down to five. And it would stay there for pretty much the rest of the game. You know, nathan got this big cloud of Chaos Marines around me that are dying left and right. Because... He can hit me and wound me, but those five will just fucking live. The sergeant will die. Probably round one or two. Mm -hmm. But the other five surviving spuds will reap a fearsome tally on their way down. They don't always live, but when they don't, they're not going alone. And and I fucking love fighting Adam. I'm... I miss the initiative value, mm-hmm. if I recall it, it's not a thing anymore. But that's what I fucking love about fighting at initiative um, in challenges, specifically. Is fighting at the same initiative. So it's just like, cool, you're going to kill me. But uh, if I'm going, you're coming with me. <laughs> and, like, consistently, my Wolf Lord of Doom, the fucking 200, either 250 mm-hmm. or 300 point monstrosity bedecked in uh, Space Wolf relics, depending on whether or not he was on the Thunder Wolf. Mm-hmm. I would throw that at Nathan's Chaos Lord of Corn and very quickly he's like, you get that thing the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't... He, he was, became less amused the more times I played that fucking trick on him. Because the relics I would use was, um... Some armor. they gave me a 2-up, 4-up. Mm-hmm. But the 4-up was irrelevant because I then give him a Storm Shield. 3-up. It would also reduce the enemy's initiative by minus 5 to a minimum of, minimum of 1. That would take the, um... Uh, Black Death Axe, would improve. It's a frost axe, EP two. When that was still a thing. And if there are more enemy models, in base contact, so challenges still counted, in base contact. Uh, added, plus two or three to my attack's characteristic, gave him the Wolf Film of Russ, let him reroll all failed hit rolls. <laughs> and gave him uh, Furious Charge and Rage. For a grand... superior charge for another additional strength buff. Axiom plus two strength. So that's plus three strength on the charge. Mm -hmm. Rage for another two uh, attacks on the charge. So he starts with four, five, six. Grand total of nine maximum attacks on the charge at AP2 at initiative one. Which, as it turns out, is where Nathan's characters would be because of the armor I'm wearing. Yeah, you're going to kill the shit out of me, Corn Lord, but you're coming with me. Drag you down to hell. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going, you're fucking coming with me. And he was mad about it every time. He's like, I fucking hate that thing. <laughs> to the point where he's like, I'm just like, yeah, of course. you Because know, we do the thing where, yeah. you know, we deploy our armies and then, you know, run down each, what each unit is, whatever. And, you know, it's like, got these dudes and whatever. And then you know, the Wolf Lord of Doom, you know enough. I never gave him a name. He's just only ever known as the Wolf Lord of Doom. Because I thought that was ridiculous. And Nathan's just like, yeah, Wolf Lord of... Dick. <laughs> he was not amused by that fucking HQ choice. Like... After the second time, he's like, you get that abomination away from you. I was like, oh, abomination coming from a Chaos player, huh? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, 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 boy. Yeah. What's funny, the lower the chance
1: I have to hit, the more likely I'm going to make it with my dice. Mm. For example, when I was playing the tournament with Nate, yeah, I'd roll 2 d 6 for amount of hits for the artillery. Or I could roll 1D3. The D3... Is going to get more hits than the two D six. Yes. Or for the example, G6 will be two snake eyes. When he put his assassin in my uh, Aquila strong point, yes, it would hit less than the game. You know when he had no assassin in there. Right. Which it raises its ballistic skill to like, I only need like threes to hit, <laughs> and I'm missing.
0: Yes. But on the other
1: hand, it's like oh, I need fives to hit. <laughs> Nothing. Mm. My my dice are very temperamental.
0: You don't say you start doing dice executions. You think that's working? It's making him more antsy. <laughs> <laughs> A I'm down to four dice. A little performance anxiety, huh? It's not uncommon, you know. They say one in three. <laughs> uh, it's the overall, like, again, I, uh, the these little stories. Covered. Yeah, these little stories is what makes the tabletop aspect so special. We did an entire podcast about what makes the lore so special, and just generally speaking, like. That's even just on a gaming side of it and a lore side of it. The community side, we talked about, you know, it's one Mm -hmm. big fucking mostly functional family. Yeah. Definitely happy. You know, everyone's got their disagreements, and (laughs) I'll point to Austin as a prime example. But again, that doesn't stop him from doing Mm -hmm. the tournaments every opportunity he's got. That doesn't take away from the fun of it. That's just his own enjoyment of the hobby. And
1: overall, as a community, like, Like I said, I'm in a lot of different fandoms. I'm in a lot of different hobbies. Tabletop gaming's probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite, just for the fact of how interconnected
0: the community is. Like, no matter where you go. And supportive. And supportive. Because I've noticed this, too. Browsing through our Instagram, just seeing all Mm -hmm. the cool hobby stuff. Like, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit I'm sitting there browsing all this cool model this cool hobby stuff on Instagram girl's like what are you doing just looking at porn cause these, these, these beautiful paint jobs and conversion work it is model it is tabletop it's model porn. porn it's just like this is; these are fucking gorgeous the like the highlights the wet blending or even the airbrush work. Like, this is fucking amazing never once have I seen a negative comment on any of it Yeah, it's always This is so fucking cool. Everyone just like, this is awesome. This is like, it doesn't matter the paint scheme. You could be
1: doing like, uh, Evangelion, like tight, like painting a knight like a, uh, like one of the mechs in there. And people would be like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Good job on the paint job. Yeah. Like, and it's so supportive and it's not supportive to like, if, you know, if there's a terrible paint job, people aren't going to be like, great job. Like they're going to be like, Oh, they're going to
0: offer tips. Yeah. They're going to offer helpful. No, you know, you know." Like, hey, you know, this is a great start. You know, the great. You know, mm-hmm. you know, great start. You know, here's what you know you could do. Here's you know, some advice to approve on the, in these areas. You know, they're not going to tear it down. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to say a good try. Chi- they're a gonna, good
1: try. You know, here's here's something you could do in the future to make better. Yeah, they're not going to be mean about it. No, as far as I've seen now. But they're also not going to just give you know uh, like compliments because that's the only thing you can do. Right,
0: because how else are people gonna grow as how and can grow their I've skills? Never said no, other stuff? No, there's there is worth yeah. it is worth noting that there is the, the whole the now I guess infamous thin your paints video. But the thing is they never call anyone out by name. Yeah. They just feature these models that could paint are painted not very good. Yeah. Globbed on paint, you know, they haven't thinned their paints, or whatever, but that's the whole point of it. Like yeah. here's what happens when you don't thin your paint, but you just glob it on. Yes, it it ain't super supportive, but they're not calling anyone out specifically. No. They're not citing where they came from, like anything like that. And like
1: But I like that as a community where like they'll give support and you know compliments where it's due. But right. at the same time, if it needs criticism, they'll they'll give tips and advice. And, right, they're not gonna
0: unnecessarily stroke someone's ego if they could do with some improvement.
1: And I've noticed that about some other like groups that have artistic inclinations sure. where they'll just compliment and then that person never it's any better? Yeah, because they and just it, think that they like. Okay, cool. Everyone likes
0: what I'm doing. I'm just gonna keep doing it in this particular way.
1: <laughs> and like, then, and then I come and I like off some criticism of uh, like some constructive criticism, not being mean. And it's and like I fire
0: up the torches and pitchforks.
1: Yeah, and it's like, well, I'm
0: gonna go back to <laughs> tabletop. Yeah. Now, this isn't just yeah. you know, just stroking the ego of the tabletop or whatever. It has its bad apples, like any community. It has that guy. It has that guy. Has a lot of the, that guys. it's happens in every yeah. fandom, every hobby community, every whatever. Like, it's going to happen.
1: You get those people who know more about the rule book than they do the lore. Or the
0: people who are just a little bit less welcoming to yeah. new people or different demographics, whatever. And like, But that's not representative of the overall community. No. Those are the black sheep of and, the tabletop family.
1: And as a community as a whole, like, for the most part, that doesn't really represent us. Like, a lot of other... Like, here, I'll this is this is dangerous ground but the anime yes. community like you know the the anime stereotype oft hits home a bit more frequently than like the you know the tabletop gaming community sure. stereotype yeah which it's it's nothing wrong with either one it's just like that when you see that, they're like, oh, that's obviously a parody because, you know, you could walk into a tabletop gaming shop and you'll get a couple of, like, your stereotypical people, but they'll be open, well-rounded. They're not introverted. Or you'll get, like, that jock who's sitting there like, oh, I'm going to go home later and, you know, do fantasy football and, you know, watch mm. the Monday night game. So right. you get a wide spectrum of different people. And I think that's why it's so inviting is no matter where you are in the world, you could – Feasibly fine tabletop gaming.
0: Yes, and it is kind of down to the independent local community as far as how welcoming it is. But again, yeah, people are people. Like that's not yeah excusing it or justifying it. It's just people are people. People
1: are people. Some people are shitty. Some people are nice. Yeah. Overall, again,
0: like yeah, we're treading dangerous waters here. Mm-hmm. As far as people who are just like, I like my tabletop the way it is, like, I'm hard, sandbox, my space, whatever. It's like, or you could be more inviting, yeah, more welcoming to different demographics and more representation. And you if, might find that it actually improves the hobby and goes a lot m- more towards the longevity overall. Yeah.
1: Because like, nobody wants the hobby to die. No. But if you don't cut out doing, like... Some if things you aren't like more not, inclusive...
0: Yeah. If you aren't more inclusive, the hobby's gonna shrivel up and die. Yeah. You gotta be more inclusive to more demographics because that's just the way it... Not even, that's just the way it is because that's what's good for the hobby. It's also the decent thing to fucking do. Yeah. Be... Share what you love to do. And just share in the enthusiasm with it. Yeah. That little campfire talk aside, I'm sure some people... I'm not... I don't have any specific examples, but again, if those people haven't been listening, like... Welcome the new hobbyists, regardless of where they come from. We're all one big happy family. Emphasis on happy. And it's funny, no matter what fandom
1: or, you know, community you're in, mm. like, whenever I go to a convention, no matter what it's for, there's always going to be a tabletop gaming room. Yeah. And that's generally and, right. and that's generally where I'll meet most of the people. Besides smoking, like, having a cigarette outside. (laughs) Right, right. That's where I usually meet a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Mm. Like, I I, I don't have to spend all this money to go to some convention. Mm. But, you know, if I spend that money and go to the convention... You're going to find the people Yeah. yeah. I get to play tabletop games and... It's funny. I won't
0: go to panels. I won't do any of that. I'll I'll go to the tabletop room for, like, eight hours. No, you're... So, I do... I've done the exact same thing. The only... I've been to three conventions my entire life. The games day... Adepticon and one Wizard World Chicago. Mm-hmm. One, bummed around the merchant, the merchant or vendor alley, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I found the tabletop section. It was looking a little slow, but some of them looked interesting. So I just like had the guy working and just plunked down, just walking through dummies and all, and just hung out there the rest of the day. While the person I went with did all the panels, stuff like that. And, you know, she had a great time and yeah, like, whatever. I was like, I don't have the money for these panels. But I found a tabletop section, so I'll just be over here if you need me. i having a blast. And I helping this guy run yeah. demos, and it was fucking fun. Like, I, I don't go to anime conventions that much anymore. I went to anymore. Chicago Comic Con and played tabletop
1: games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't go to anime conventions that much anymore, but, like, when when I, I went with my roommate recently to Anime Midwest this year, and, like, I wasn't feeling the panels. Like, I just I don't like panels, no matter what it is. it is. For me, it's, like, If I want to watch someone talk about a subject, I'll do it on YouTube, you know? Mm. But when I went... Or we'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) True enough. We've got mics and no one to stop us. But when I went there, like, I know I can always find someone to talk to in the tabletop gaming room. Mm -hmm. Because you can sit down at pretty much any table and be like, hey, do you have a spot for another? And they'll be like, yeah. Let's play whatever this is and we'll teach you. Mm. And sitting there, it's like, fuck. This was
0: a lot of fun. And... I mean, what makes this, in my opinion, going back to just generally speaking, what makes the tabletop community and hobby so fucking special is that tabletop hobby, tabletop gaming, much like life, finds a fucking way. Yeah, there are a couple of pictures now, kind of rather famous pictures, uh, from soldiers overseas in Gulf War One, who are just sitting there with a plywood table like ours. Yeah, with rocks representing their arms whatever just doing their best to play tabletop without the miniature just because they yeah. love tabletop that much and they sent it to the white dwarf and white dwarf just like that is so fucking cool yeah tabletop finds a way like i was i went to one like uh independent hobby shop whatever and i was talking to the local war community there and like you know we don't either you know, talking like you know we don't have a lot of cool terrain you know worship, whatever but, you know we make you know we pile up books on top. you know this is the building whatever you did know, you know like drape it over they make do and they have fun no matter what either way because they still got the models and, like at the end of the day it's, it's about making believe it, it's it is
1: yeah it because is. even if you have a like a like a toy soldier to represent you know that unit or that soldier or you have a rock or you have the actual model in your head you're still thinking of it as that unit from mm-hmm. that universe oh yeah no matter where you are if and this is this is some pro life hacks for anyone going to any convention <clears throat> or being dragged along to a convention you're not t- technically part of the fandom of right you can take refuge in the tabletop gaming room they look at me with open arms yeah mm. that's and that's one what I part us. of <laughs> one of us one of us and that's part of that's probably one of the biggest reasons i love the hobby mm. it i can find pretty much anything in it that i love to do mm and also I find amazing people who yeah. can I can make
0: awesome stories. And with. genuinely nice people too. Yeah. And weirdly and like not weirdly enough, but like wholesomely enough, some of those like family friendly people too. Strong language notwithstanding, we do this in company of other adults. When yeah. they are young hobbies from we watch our language. Oh yeah. And and that's are, like we, unspoken Because despite role. all the bickering and foul language here on this podcast, we have an explicit tag for a reason we are catering to an adult audience. When we're at a shop and there's kids around, younger like, hobbyists, we watch your language because yeah. we're adults, we can be responsible, whatever. And it's fun watching them get super excited for the hobby because it reminds me mm. of when I was that age getting super oh, hyped yeah. for the hobby. And it's just like nostalgia and young hobby's getting super excited. I remember when I was that excited and I can't help but get swept up in there and get re excited, like the same level, just like that sense of wonder. Like there's this one kid going in the shop, he was getting into, first got into fantasy and then started getting into 40K. And he was talking, you know, like asking questions about Primarchs or whatever. And I just started, and I was like, "And you know, sit down. Let me tell you a story." It was kind of relentless because, you know, he just got all—he's got, you know, all the little kid energy. Everyone's like, "Yeah, it's, it's super exciting." But I'm just like, "I got this. I could be excited. I'm just watching this." It's like, "I remember that was exciting. I want people to talk about because I didn't have people to talk about." It. All right, let's get excited. I'm just sitting there, just like getting hyped with him. He's like, "Yeah, I heard about Primarchs." Was like, let me tell you about some Primarchs. I just like <laughs> spent like the next like hour and a half, two hours, just talking to him about all the Primarch lore that I could think of. And he's like, wow. And he he's like, yeah, isn't that so cool? Just, like, getting hyped with him. And he's just like... You know what I'm His imagining so right now? We're one big happy family!
1: I'm imagining that uh, that little fan art of, like, the Space Marine leading a the child. Space Marine Terminators. Wait, don't yeah. worry,
0: we'll find your mother. I'm sure she's fine. Say, did I ever tell you about the battle of this horrific apocalyptic event? <laughs> the, no. The well, smell of charred flesh was in the we air. We were fighting the, the Black Legion this- you can smell the charred flesh on the hot air,
1: and a ch- and and she's carrying a little stuffed Terminator. Yeah. And and it's it, like
0: doll. Like
1: that is, I feel the perfect like what you feel like as an adult in the hobby, encouraging, encouraging. enthusiasm. Yeah, of you're, the like, you're like look at all this gratuitous violence, but let me like, tell you a story. Yeah, and it's it's that you know. Uniting, you know, everyone in the hobby loves something that's fiction, but you know, we take it a little
0: personally sometimes. Yeah, some Wolfenrat. <laughs> but you <Listen>. know,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, you love a fictional, like, space marine chapter, and you love to play make believe with that chapter with models.
0: That I felt so fucking personally betrayed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I've been playing that since yeah. I was twelve. But like. Even I joke around, like, you know, burn the heretic And, you know, like, to people who play uh, uh, corn cultists and shit. But when they're telling a story, what like, what they like about it or what's cool about it, I'm saying they're like, holy shit.
0: Blood for the blood god. Blood yeah. for the blood god. But the thing is, from for outsiders looking in, they don't quite understand that enthusiasm is just part of just getting swept up in the, like, just fun of the hobby. Because I will cite Game of the 2006. Mm-hmm. The big, like convention size mega battle they had this huge um this huge Cadians versus Tau battle huge one side was the Imperials the other side was the Tau just rotating people in and out you know turn by turn base whatever on the Imperial side they had a bunch of Gimsworth staff who were cosplaying as Commissars leading the Imperial side with the Imperial Gardens uplifting primer in prayer and just getting them hyped up to kill the filthy Zenos you know they got people you know kneeling before the Commissars doing their you know prayers to the Emperor to kill the Zenos But then you got the people in line, repeating as best they can hear, and like, you know, like, we can't hear you, Lord Commissar! So they, you know, pick up, the the person running the event hands the Commissar to Mike to lead the entire Imperial waiting line (laughs) in prayer, and then just starts chanting death to the Xenos, and we're just chanting death to the Xenos, to other people across the and security's just like, what is this? You know, they're getting, like, looking really fucking nervous, because they think a fucking fucking nerd riots about to break out. (laughs) No, it's just like you know, you know, filthy you Imperials. Know, roll dice, ha! It is fun. Yeah, we're not actually we're like we don't actually
1: want to kill each other. No, we want to kill the dice sometimes. Oh yeah,
0: like I said you need to, you dice executions. Yes, and for those of you not familiar, if your dice start to re- start to misbehave, you line up one in every ten, separate the tenth in front of the others, take a hammer, crush it, boom, go on down the line. I guarantee you, your dice will roll much better. For at least a month. Oh my God! This so. Um, what and am this I... isn't bullshit. Yeah, this happened on the curb outside of a game's workshop on a routine, weekendly basis. Yeah, to the point where like by are like, "What the?" Because people are just because there's a bunch of like you know, you know, like younger or high school kids just chanting for the dice's death as a staff employee you're just like crack yeah, just like what <laughs> the hell, Carl. <laughs>
1: What's, what's hilarious about that? I was, I was does, like the tamest part of the violence of the tabletop hobby. <laughs> I was, I was playing a D and D game with some friends. Um, it was when we were doing Shadowrun, run and one, like I was rolling shit. And one of my buddy jokingly is like, you should do some dice executions. I pull a fucking hammer out of my bag and start lining <laughs> him you up. No more. <laughs> I, I start lining him up and he's like, no, please, this is the basement. I don't want dice shards everywhere. <laughs> Puts hammer back sadly. <laughs> okay. He's like, you have a goddamn hammer.
0: Yeah. So you can nail it. Ayy. Ayy. I feel like I make that joke at least once a podcast, <laughs> and I'm not gonna stop, cause it's still funny to me. You're
1: hammering it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Oh. We're the funniest people we know, Jacob. But I mean, and people listen to us yeah. on purpose because we are what makes this hobby so fucking special too. No, because we are, no. not just us as Geo no. but there are so many other podcasts out there. You know, we got The Long War, we've got Forty K theories, mm-hmm. shit. Mini wargaming is, is founded a little their own little empire yeah. based around tabletop gaming because people just are that passionate about the hobby, and that's fucking awesome. What do what do
1: nerds love when more nerds talk about things they
0: love, right? And for some reason, that includes us. Yeah. All right, because we have mics and no one to stop us. <laughs> and it turns out we are hilarious. But no, Sometimes. Like, we're, we're hilarious all of the time. I'm Jake. the funniest guy I know. I'm better different. I'm the funniest guy I know. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. But in terms of just like running a little empires and just like exponential growth and just a like passionate community, fucking deathcon It started in the basement of a Hobbytown, USA. There was, like, maybe one independent vendor first year. Now look at it. It's that a huge, fuck-huge convention center. And it's the largest wow. one. Thousands. Yeah. Thousands of people every year and growing. Like, it's the... far as I know, biggest tabletop convention or second biggest. I think Gen Con might be bigger, but I don't think that's strictly tabletop gaming. I think that's just general overall gaming. But Adepticon's fucking huge. It, oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing like it. No. I mean, there's things like it, but, like, Adepticon is Adepticon. And going... In terms of just being welcoming, too. Because I'll say this. Gen Con looks genuinely awesome. I want to go someday. Yeah. And I want to go a S.H.I.E.L.D. wall someday. I was looking at the press passes, and they're a little stingy in how they distribute this because they have to be. It's yeah. a huge convention. Um, so they're not as welcoming to kind of um, startups Up like starts. us. Yeah. Startups like us. I understand why. That's not a complaint. It's just we got a ways to go before we can cover gen con on site like we do AdeptCon. but adept con the year we wanted to co- to do actual DeptCon convention coverage on site we did it yeah we got contact like hey do you happen to have you know we have you know these because they to their thing like, you know we've got recording spaces available should anyone want to do recording on site and I'll, i have you know and if you have any questions contact this person i did you know emailed him i was like hey you know got some questions whatever he's like yeah sure and you've got any questions here's my number text me if you've gotten any if there's any complications day of yeah that's fucking awesome i got and you know What's the trouble finding the place where it was? Um, you know, it's gonna, you know, he's like, hey, head over to the help desk, you know, tell them so and so sent you, and they'll get you set up. And they did. Mm-hmm. As soon as we got there, like, holy shit. And now we're gonna cover Adepticon every single time it's held for as long as we possibly fucking can. Yeah, that's... And
1: it's, it's little things like that. I mean, when I went to Adepticon for the first time this year, I've been to a lot of conventions for a bunch of different fandoms, and I have to say, this is definitely – there's there's probably only two that do this. But for, like, tabletop gaming, like, for anime, it's hit or miss whether or not I actually want to go. I right. generally don't. It's And that's just me. I don't – It's not your thing. I don't like the convention as much. Right. It's not your thing. But when I went into Adepticon, I was hyped again. Like – Yeah. And I've been to a lot of conventions. <laughs> now, so I,
0: I did do my part to get you hyped by fucking sitting there playing Back in Black on our way over for lunch. And just sitting there just like – you know what I could, and bugger off. What could I... What could I could really kind of just like... You know, this is our return. She will return to Adapticon. I know. Back in black. you yep. are sitting there. I'm very loudly like abusing my steering wheel, just drumming along to ACDC. And you're sitting there just like, yeah, get a knife, get knife, get night knife, get a knife. Because like, mm-hmm. it's hard not to get that. And you walk in and it's like, this is so fucking cool. But it's one of those things. I don't have that
1: feeling that... I'm not going to be any less hyped the next year because no. I walk in and everyone's having fun playing games. I was more
0: hyped I was like I've been just walk around in DevCon one year mm-hmm. and then we did Shield Wallet's first convention cover and then this year I was more hyped than I had been those first two times because I was like this is going to be so cool You're going to be fun it's going to be awesome and it fucking was it was really cool. Yeah.
1: The cool. one thing that made me sad about Adepticon, Is I should have brought more money. Yeah, holy
0: shit. Fuck. It's like everything, like, I want this. I want this. You're sitting there at the Forge World booth, and like, oh, I got this one thing. Hey, can I see that other box? And he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to. And the guy's like, I'm not going to stop you. And you're sitting there just looking at it, just looking at more of the things. I'm just literally on his shoulder. Do it. Just do it. I'm... I'm fucking doing
1: calculus in my head for you know prices on stuff. Mm. Like, hey, do I get this? And the guy's like,
0: you look, you know, got the guy on his shoulder telling you to do that thing. I was like, oh no, no, no! If you listen carefully, I'm you'll hear that I'm encouraged, encouraging him to spend more money. He's like, oh cool, cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> and even the people at the booths, like they're super I can nice talk to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when we weren't doing business networking, whatever, we just bummed around and hung out with Eagle Ordinary for part of yeah. the day, and then, like how's it going guys? And you know, then Austin ones are like you guys cool. I was like, mm, what, what uh, 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 yeah. I was genuinely surprised how open
1: people were. Like I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go try to get us, you know, some uh people to record with. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like you didn't know if I was gonna be able to get a couple of them. I you know, we walk up and I'm like, Hey, you wanna record?
0: Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's I, I found with this community all you have to do is ask.
0: Kinda, yeah. And within within reasonable certain, it depends. It's contextual, but more more often than not, honestly, yeah, like people are super approachable. Obviously, there's some extenuating circumstances it's just because just the level that they operate at, and I yeah. get it. That's not a that's nope. not a detractor at all. Like with every fandom, there are celebrities. Like we're not gonna get uh, Lord of All Pains Duncan, yeah. We're not gonna get him on a shield wall podcast probably for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like it's probably just not gonna happen. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like. Because then people wouldn't be listening to us for shield, They'd be listening to hear Duncan speak. Sure. And that would be fine. Yeah. Because it's Duncan. Just saying. We're coming
1: to have you record, Duncan, eventually.
0: I mean, maybe. Yeah. It'd be nice. right your goals I, high. I mean. Sure. Yeah. But, like, I'm also the shortest one amongst us, Jacob. I can only reach so high. Shoot for the stars, and if you, uh, you miss, you'll- I will shoot. drift through the vacuum of space before dying of starvation. Exactly. Or you might hit the moon. Isn't it shoot for the moons? And if you shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you land amongst the stars. I don't know. <sighs> Classic shield wall. Mm. But again, look, and we'll wrap up because we're a bit long. A bit long. But What makes it so special? We can sit, literally, fucking sit here and talk about what makes it so special, and then get sidetracked and just talk about funny tabletop stories, game stories that have happened. Can Can you do that with any other f- like hobby? Like you yes. just, well, I mean, we get this sidetracked.
1: <laughs> like we will Side- talk track, about it, talk, maybe not. But yes, we could talk. You know, other. I think band- we got through three things we love about this, this hobby, and we. Yeah. We got pretty sidetracked, with awesome stories, and we still
0: filled an hour. Yeah. But yeah. I, know. I could talk about this till the heat death of the universe. Yeah, I believe you, and I could too if we hadn't already done three podcasts before this particular one. Yeah. But anyway, we will wrap it up. But mighty shield bearers. As we said in the last episode of Lore Council, we want to hear what makes this hobby special to you as individuals, as shield bearers, you as individuals, what makes this hobby so special to you? Because we want to share in what makes it so special. So we want to know what makes it special to you guys. Link We're up to Shield with- Wall and you know send us uh, what you love. Yeah. Stand shoulder to shoulder lock shields. Yep. And head on over to Shieldwall Productions on Facebook.com and tell us what makes the tabletop hobby and community so special to you guys, and what make what keeps you embedded so firmly in it? And if that, we haven't have anything to do with that, hey, awesome. But we realistically understand, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> we're entertainment. We're not the reason why. But anyway, you can hit, hit us up there on Table on Facebook.com
1: or you can hit us up on Twitter at the official SWP. Uh, SWP, and please, please bring me. Why you love this hobby? I, I'm genuinely curious, and I, I want to know. It's if you know. It's the million dollar question. You, you might bring up something where I'm like, "Ha! Huh, I never even I thought never about it." I never thought that. of it that way. But or if you just want to shoot this shit and talk and make some more tabletop
0: memories, hit hey. me up up there. Yeah. And wherever you're listening to us, too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever, don't forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already. And until next time, mighty shield bearers, we shall catch you later.